you are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities, a show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. If this is your first time tuning in, Fox City's Core is a live and interactive interview show that broadcasts on WCZR Code Zero Radio, as well as the Code Zero Radio Facebook page and the Fox City's Core YouTube page. Now, my next guests, they're a post-rock trio that call Oshkosh, Wisconsin home. Their latest release is called Nervous Strut. I'd like to welcome Smoke Free Home to Fox City's Core. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having us. Thanks for doing this. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about you guys, and I wanted to find out what the buzz was about. We're trying to fix Kev's amp. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting that your band is fascinating to me because there's not a guitar player. And is that something, a decision you guys just came to because we don't need one i mean kevin does such a good job and it sounds like there's a guitar in there and i had to go like look at youtube videos of you guys playing just to just to see but how did how did you come to to get your sound um that that kind of came um from a precursor um like my solo stuff i was working on um ended up splitting between two amps and um using some different effects to kind of kind of fill out the whole sound um, definitely have has have drawn in, influence from um, Jesse F. Keeler, the bassist from Death from Above, 1979. He's a very notable um, inspiration on the sound. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds awesome. And also, one thing I find unique is is you and Alex will switch um, instruments during during shows for certain songs yeah it, were you a were you a bass player before before you started playing drums um yeah actually for a little bit because i sucked at the drums and my dad was like maybe you should just learn the bass guitar so <laughs> is that something that you look forward to during shows to kind of take a break from oh, yeah. the kit it helps a lot so yeah. what's harder uh, drums or bass um <laughs> drums come more naturally so i guess maybe bass but but then bass is kind of easier because I'm using less of my body, so I don't know. It's a piece of horse. And Jesse, your vocals to me are very—they're very energetic, very powerful. Remind me a little bit of—I um, don't really like comparisons, but a little bit of uh, Milo from the Descendants, just the—the oh, sure. the kind of a aggressiveness in there. Um, did you, when you started doing vocals for Smoke Free Home? Did you get a little pressure from the guys to maybe strap a guitar on, or was that something you guys tried for a little while and decided against it? No, I think I made it very clear from the beginning that I don't have the patience to learn any instruments. And we kind of liked that. We were different with no guitar. Yeah, we, um, don't, we don't believe in guitars. Yeah. yeah. I've made the joke on stage. <laughs> I forgot my guitar at home, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But no. What, what's the reaction like when you guys show up at a, a gig or something and the, the venue's not really aware of how the band's set up and they they see the the bass the drums and a microphone it takes people by surprise i forget <laughs> i forget so people mention i'm like yeah well you you guys have, you're a pretty fresh band it's like you started last year um were you guys and i know kevin you mentioned you were doing a project before this yeah i never really ended up doing anything i was just kind of some some personal um, material that I kind of wanted to record, which I'm still kind of in the process of recording. That's good. But um, uh, but before that, I was in a band, Fools and Lovers, for for a little bit, which that ended up kind of we ended up breaking up um, right when COVID hit. I uh, liked Fools and Lovers. You guys had a song called Old Man. Yeah. We played right. that on uh, Code Zero. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if I can ask, what what caused the demise of Fools and Lovers? Um, it it was kind of a, a, a dramatic um, situation. I don't want to go into too many details, but there's a little falling out between certain members, and and we ended up splitting up. So, um, yeah, yeah, it seemed like kind of a a shock because 
Fools and Lovers, they were starting to get some attention, and then all of a sudden it just it was done. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. It's, I'm sure it seemed very sudden. Yeah. So it, then this band, how did how did you guys? How did the three of you guys get together? I think we were all itching during quarantine. Yeah. I, um, I was talking with Kevin about recording some covers, just seeing what we could do. Um, I guess we knew that we'd need a drummer eventually, but um, I had a couple ideas up my sleeve. And uh, and you knew Alex. How'd you know him again? How, um, well, we, I, I was in a band previously, too, and um, we played, like, one show, maybe, with Fools and Lovers, so That's we right. kind of knew of each other. Yeah, there's that. Slightly. I mean, I guess we went to school together, too. Yeah. There's that. But, um, of course. And then I think you know, during the quarantine, um, me and Alex ended up jamming one time. Um, so I had it kind of fresh in my mind that, oh, Alex, Alex would totally be down to do some drumming or yeah, might I was be interested. so desperate. I was <laughs> depressed and wanted to play music so bad. No, so. you mentioned Alex's name, and I remember being very impressed with Bliss. Yeah, Just a Bliss solid was... punk sound. And we we tried it out, and absolutely. Yeah, I remember he, he responded to my message, like, in a half an hour. Just, yes, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> so that, that was the name of your previous band, was Bliss? Yeah, it was just like a three-piece punk rock band, a bunch of high schoolers. It was solid. Sounds cool. It was fun. Jesse, were you in a project before this, or is this your first? I wrote lyrics for Fools and Lovers. Interesting. All their original songs, yeah. Oh. And I did kind of like being on the sidelines. So I was going to get into it later, but I'll just ask now. I, reading through the lyrics for Smoke Free Home, it is like it's poetry. Some lyrics, when you're reading them, they read like lyrics. Your lyrics read like poetry, which I, I found interesting. It was different. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I've always written. I've always been kind of a poet. And um, yeah, and I like that it kind of contrasted the, the heavy delivery. I like that. So then the three of you get together magic happens yeah. <laughs> the first jam or was it did it take a little bit to to get things rolling as far as chemistry no i think it worked it, out it clicked pretty, like right away i think yeah, yeah. so what, i think we started with three covers and we kind of i kind of shot it towards alex alex's way like hey maybe learn these and we'll see what happens you can start there and then maybe play around with some original ideas yeah, I think it was a pretty immediate click. I mean, no um, one no one was playing shows at the time, so it's not like there was a lot of pressure. It was just very low pressure. And I think we're all very, very low-key guys, you know, very calm, and, and we definitely got along. And do, do you remember the three covers you jammed on? I know you've played Bad Guy during your, your shows. Is that one of the three? No. No. <laughs> no. It was uh, Worms by Viagra Boys. Um... And then there was two more. <laughs> we did um, Black, oh, Black yeah. History Month by Death From Above, 1979. And then... And Televised Mine. That's uh, right, by yeah. uh, Fontaine's DC. Yeah. I'd never heard of any of that stuff before. And they're like, oh, you want to do some post-punk? I was like, punk? Yeah, I know punk. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about what, what you guys were into early on. Like, when you got into music, how old were you? What bands were you listening to? Are you still listening to the same stuff, or did that sort of evolve over time? Uh, my my first favorite band was ACDC, and I still love them. I mean, I don't throw it on as often, but I I definitely revisit that every once in a while. They're like huge for me growing up, and then like <laughs> high school I hit Nirvana, and then eventually started getting into more of the punk stuff. So. Screeching Weasel, Descendants, Misfits, big one. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think I started out with some some hand-me-down classic rock CDs, and and then I had a country phase, and then I had a <laughs> rap phase, and I don't know. I think it's it's um, resulted in a very well balanced style and taste, but um, lately it's been more post-punk. And definitely what's going on in the UK. And that was where I got the inspiration for this band. Yeah, um, definitely started with like classic rock, that whole realm when I was younger. Cream, definitely notably, I was obsessed with Cream when I was in like high school. 
Um, and then I was like Stoner, I, uh, Queens of the Stone Age was a was a, a big band I was really into. And then um, then yeah, and anything and everything. Then um, actually Jesse really got me into Aesop Rock. He's uh, mm. probably one of my favorite artists. Listen to him all the time. And then even even jazz, blues, really anything. It's a Aesop Rock. What what genre is that? Like hip hop. Hip hop. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have a really rounded, like, interest in, in all different types of music, which yeah. obviously it flows great into Smoke Free Home. Um, how did the, you guys come up with the name Smoke Free Home? Well, as a band, we are primarily in the business of selling shirts. And um, I've learned that things sell better online when you put Smoke Free Home on it. <laughs> <laughs> We were going to buy a used couch, and we just saw Smoke for Home, and we were like, wow. <laughs> it was either that or handmade vintage. Rare. Your uh, your first release, you released a uh, an EP, a self-titled EP, June of 2021. How long were you guys together at that point when that came out? About four months. Yeah. So really quick. Yeah, because yeah, we kind of formed in... Uh, late January, early February of last year, and then um, we'd started recording that by like April, I think. So we didn't have it out by June until June, but I think we had started recording it just like a couple months after started. Yeah, we really wanted to have something ready to go, so we could just yeah. jump out there and play some shows and have it available. There was a, a track on there called uh, "Blue Hands," which I was wondering is that sort of a, a love letter to the the Midwest? Absolutely. <laughs> I wrote it while shivering outside on a sig break, and <laughs> it's very true. Well, again, the the poetry aspect of the band, it, it's I I find really really fascinating because if you just heard the music in passing, it's oh, it's some punk rock, you know. But it it really is. There's way more components to to Smoke Free Home than meets the eye, and just all the way down from your playing styles to the, the lyrics and even your shows what i've seen they they look they look like an event <laughs> so um so that self-titled album comes out and did you just release digitally or did you print up some copies of that at first it was just physical and then we got Bandcamp figured out we figured we should have it online was this the first time that that you guys were releasing stuff using Bandcamp and things like that yeah yeah i'd never done anything like that before so so as far as learning that, I suppose that was another, you know, hurdle to get over. As far as how do you release it? When you started subsequently releasing things, I'm sure from releasing the first self-titled album, you felt a little more comfortable getting it out there right away. It wasn't terribly complicated. I guess we like to keep things simple, and yeah. How do you feel about like Spotify and DistroKid, CD Baby? I know there's some there's some issues that people have with Spotify, but um, I don't know. It, it's never been about money for us, and so we just want to have it available. And yeah, I think we use um, DistroKid. Yeah. Just because I tried doing CD Baby and got a little confused, and so I moved on to DistroKid, and it was a little bit easier. So I was like, oh, my brain can handle this one. So after the, well, where did you record that self-titled EP? Um, we recorded it with uh, a man named Randall Darbosh at Sky Ranch Studios. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was recording drums for for a different project. And then um, Randy um, suggested um, bringing, bringing these guys out because he still had the drums set up and everything just to see what happened. And, um, yeah, it ended up being our, our first EP. Yeah. He's a real cool guy. Very, yeah. very chill. And then uh, we ended up recording Nervous Strut with him as well. I was going to ask so. that. So you had, you had, the experience was so good the first time that you went back and, and did it again. Yeah. Was, was it easier recording Nervous Strut after doing the self-titled? I, I, it was just a different approach because with, with, the, with the first EP, it was we didn't really expect anything out of it. It was more so, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nervous Strut was, all right, we we're going in with ideas, with a... You know, with the expectations of a of a, you know a good good product, um, 
and then uh, we, we did the first EP a little more live um, yeah. recorded, whereas we multi-tracked everything on, on Nervous Strut. Um, we had a comment from Sandra. Thanks for tuning in. She wants to know your Facebook link, if you know that offhand. HTTP. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> slash. No. It's just oh, smoke free home. Yeah, smoke free home. If you type in smoke free home on Facebook, yeah. you probably find it easily. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of bands yeah. called smoke free home. It'll pull up some marketplace <laughs> listings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you might find something really nice. Yeah. Did you guys change your recording approach from the self-titled to Nervous Strut? As far as like some bands like to do stuff live with the full band some bands like recording in pieces did you guys do it the same way on both releases or did you change it up no the first one was mostly live and then because yeah it was very low pressure we were just like well what happens happens and it takes as long as it takes and um it turned out fine good enough but the newer one we had an opportunity to really get in there and have it sound right and sound perfect and And, it was a lot of a lot of messing around yeah, and we, we definitely had an advantage being friends with Randy to be able to spend a little bit more time there. Um, and he was pretty loose with pricing and whatnot, so to be able to spend more time fiddling around with things, getting different sounds, approaching things differently, kind of experimenting. A lot of late um, nights. He, mm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of late nights for sure. This is from a clip with 94 Distortion. They were on earlier in the year. Let's play it and see what you think. Band reaction. Band reaction. As far as the scene goes in Oshkosh, do you feel there's a, a different scene in Oshkosh compared up to Appleton and, and yes. Fond du Lac? Oh yeah, I'd say everywhere is different. How is it? How is it different? <sighs> I feel like Oshkosh right now is doing. Really good. I always just say youngins, we're old, but there's the band Smoke Free Home, and they're really kind of cultivating something pretty awesome. So I think Oshkosh is pretty creative with the different types of bands that are playing around here right now. It's not like a Green Bay sound or Milwaukee sound. Oshkosh is pretty diverse in the rock and roll. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of younger younger bands that are coming up and booking more shows at different places kind of like you know how we used to do it um generation y who yeah, we're playing with tonight yuri from generation y's uh book books a lot of shows at jambalai and oshkosh it's a cool spot for it um all ages it's good to have all ages or an all ages spot back um so there's just a lot of a lot of younger stuff happening right now in oshkosh and admittedly i'm not an expert on the Appleton scene or what kind of current state it's in. I just know my, you know, my friends from back in the day that are still there and they're still punk. So it still exists. What's your reaction? He's got a uh, great taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love those guys. So, oh, yeah. So the Oshkosh scene is they were talking about like the the strength of the Oshkosh scene. I think Brian and Sam said they kind of put you in the youngins category there, which would mean the the up and coming generation. But do you guys notice as far as the scene right now, do you feel it's healthy? Do you feel it's growing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he mentioned Yuri and he's busy. Yeah, he's always booking shows. I mean if we need help filling a slot, we'll talk to him. Um, and more house shows that we've been playing, yeah, which are awesome. Have you have you made it up to Appleton much? I know you you did Misfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played a couple places in Appleton, maybe. Yeah, we'd like to play at a couple more places. Uh, Sam also uh, had a question, a new question. He asks, "This is a good question, Sam. How often do you practice, and do you experience diminishing returns?" from playing too often Uh, we practice at least twice a week Um, we got to keep it regular and we always have a plan when we go in there Um, diminishing returns from playing live that's a good question 
Not yet. <laughs> not yet. What about you guys? I don't even know what that means. So no, it's <laughs> not happening. Does it? Does it not scratch that itch? The more you play, I'm plenty scratched. Yeah, you're an itchy guy. I'm itchy, so I think it, I think everything's fine. Do you notice that if you do play, like let's say you're you're playing at Misfits and they play at Misfits again, and then again, like three times in a month, does that kind of burn people out as far as getting people to actually leave their house and, and come out to the shows? Oh, returns from the audience. We, oh, we, we make a good point to not do that too much. I mean, like the Reptile Palace is like our you know, like our home bar. We love playing there, but mm-hmm. we won't play there like more than once a month, or even maybe. F- bigger gaps than that just they've cause. asked us not to <laughs> no <laughs> um let's go back yeah no we have usually have that's the place we usually have pretty good turnout and misfits too they go nuts uh let's see we've got a another question a multi-part question and you know another shout out to uh let's see to sandra she uh runs uh, digital revolution radio so she's going to reach out to you guys sandra thanks again for tuning in i know you tune in uh, quite a bit We've got a multi-part question from DJ Bear, who hosts Amped Up on Code Zero Radio Tuesday nights. Jerry's famous for his multi-part questions. So part one, if you were to add another instrument to your sound other than guitar, what would you choose and why? Um, I think keyboard would be really useful. I have to agree with Jesse, probably a keyboard, a synthesizer of some sort. Mm. Or a saxophone. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about that before. <laughs> Absolutely. Or Bi- like Viagra Boys does that. A kazoo yeah. or a slide whistle, something easy for Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stubborn. I, I suppose I could learn if I needed to, but would would a fourth member be something you'd entertain, or would you just? I really take don't it want on. to now. This is just yeah. magic. I don't want to mess yeah. with it. Especially, yeah, we got a chemistry thing going. Don't wanna. It would have yeah. to be like a cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could fit a fourth person in the car, so oh, <laughs> be screwed. Yeah. The uh, the second part to Jerry's question: Do any of you have cool nicknames or aliases? That's a good one too. Dude, I wish. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, not that we call them know. to their face. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very secretive. No, I guess not. No, we all just go by our very long yeah, names. Not yet. <laughs> Jesse, you've got a a very long last name. How yeah. do you even pronounce that? Tube, I'm going to try it. Uh, tube, <laughs> that Tubzewski? That's a common guess. It's Tubaszewski. <laughs> it's it's Polish royalty, actually. Can and if you guys are okay with giving your last names, because this is really unique. All three, of you do have hard to say last names. Yeah, yeah we're not from here. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. Alex, what? How do you pronounce your last name? Lautenschlager. I don't know. That sounds like a laugh and slaughter. Lautenschlager, Lautenschlager. Honestly, people will be like, "Is this how you say it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you just said it." I mean, however people say it, it's pretty much good for me. I say it differently. I still don't know. Kevin, your last name is Sotlinner. A sunlightner. What? That's pretty cool, you guys. Um, Jerry, thanks for the questions. And again, you can tune into Amped Up on Tuesday nights on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Jerry's got just a lot of great music on his show. He's, in fact, he introduced me to Fools and Lovers back in the day. Okay. Yeah. So, do you guys find it difficult, like after shows? Do you like talking to people that come to see you? If people have, you know, the compliments, hey, great show, and maybe people you haven't met, is it hard to kind of take the compliments? And, I mean, do you find. Find that difficult or it's easy. No. <laughs> we have huge egos. So. Uh, I, <laughs> no, I love it. We love it. And that's that's why we go. And that's the people that we want to hear it from. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you guys started writing material for the next album yet? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're always moving forward. We're always writing something. I've always got something in my pocket. And, and Kevin won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. So, Nervous Strut, that came out in May 2022. You released the uh, the single Yellow and Red a little bit prior to that. There is a lyric on here, a very, again, poetic line that I really like. And I wanted to write it down so I could let you know it. It stood out to me. She punched the clock and it punched her back. 
That's right. Love it. Who who hasn't felt that? Um, Yeah, the song's about... It's it's two different kind of vignettes about people at different points in their lives and their their struggles. And she... I don't know, she, she she works all day, every day, and kind of has trouble remembering why, you know? Not making enough money. And yeah, it's about those moments of desperation and being able to find a reason to to swing. (laughs) Alex Gutenberg, he says Turbo Jet Ski. Is that a nickname? There you go. Yes, that's a nickname. (laughs) That's from high school. Alex, thanks for the intel there. How do you forget that? Thank you. Yes. Um, So the, the Nervous Strut, great title for the album. Who designed the cover? It was kind of a collaboration, I'd say. I did the first one, for the most part, the self-titled, and so I wanted to let somebody else do it. And Alex is a whiz with graphic design, just on his phone. And it it turned out very good. I don't believe in computers, so... (laughs) It's a fad. So you did did the cover art for Nervous Strut on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. What can't you do on your phone nowadays? Amazing. (laughs) So you have no background in in graphics? Nope. No. Not really. <laughs> I think the the album cover is pretty cool. The the album itself has six tracks. And as far as so you're writing the lyrics Jesse and what's harder the writing the actual lyrics or figuring out what the title of the song is going to be? Well, sometimes it is tough the title, but um I don't think that matters so much. No. I mean, once people know it, they know what they're looking for. Um, but lyrics, it's it's tough piecing it together sometimes. But I'm confident that when it's right, it'll feel right. And then I'll, I'll share it with these guys, and they're like, that's awesome. I, I won't share it with them until it's absolutely finished, until it's a finished piece. I'm like, this is what it's going to be. This is how the song has to be. But, um, yeah, all the other ideas come from them. Do you, Kevin and Alex ever suggest edits to, to your lyrics? They know not to. <laughs> we don't talk no. about that. No, next, next question. Next question. Do you ever suggest edits to their bass or drum parts? Um, nothing that they don't appreciate. Um, <clears throat> am I wrong? No, no I, I say that. That's definitely kind of how the, the process works. Is usually, usually I'll kind of have little little days where I'll just pump out a couple you know, ideas, send it to them. And then um, usually then Jesse will kind of start writing to whichever ones that he writes to, and then he'll bring it up, and then we all kind of get together. And I don't know, a lot of times me and me and Alex kind of jam ideas uh, together as well. But I feel like they get impatient with me sometimes. <laughs> but um, but they know that when it's ready, it's ready, and it will it'll be good, and it's worth it. We usually do a couple at a time, though. I feel like that's how it's been so far. Yeah. Yeah. Is the uh, you said you had material for the next album? Is it following in the same vein as Nervous Strut, or are you going into a different direction? Hmm. Pretty much the same direction, I think. As far as sound, I think we're branching out a little bit. Yeah. Um, notably, um, one of our newest songs. We only have performed it maybe two or three times. Um, called Dirty Perfect. It's um, to your first love song. Mm-hmm. And um, that de- definitely has has a different different vibe to it. A uh, little little chiller, less distortion. Um, yeah. Yeah, and people are responding to it. That one's for my girlfriend. I, I promised her that I'd, that I'd do one. It took a while, <laughs> but I did. Yeah. Does she show up to all your shows? Most of them, yeah. Absolutely. She's a busy girl, too. But uh, yeah, as far as as far as the the next album being different, um, I think I am branching out as far as lyrics. Um, the nervous strut was a lot about anxiety and stuff, and and I feel like I got that out of my system. I kind of I kind of I put it out, so I'm like, well, there it is, and then I kind of move forward, and I'm and I'm able to make changes and grow out of it. And so, yeah, I'm still writing songs about. Um, Body parts and animals. <laughs> we love those. <laughs> so before you guys were playing in bands, were you going out to see a lot of shows? Are you, were you raised in Oshkosh? 
Yeah. All three. Okay, so before the bands, were you guys going out and seeing shows? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you remember some of the bands that you were going to see? And did they inspire you to pick up instruments? Or is that just something you think you were headed for anyways? Yeah, I, I saw a lot of live music growing up. I mean, like mm-hmm. countless stuff. So, I mean, it's always been a thing for me. But um, as for like local shows, like smaller venue kind of things, a couple that I remember, there was a Cold Black River and um, Iron Price at um, The Reptile. And that was when I was like 16, 17. And that was awesome. So that was kind of more inspirational to get into like the DIY kind of scene, like local stuff. Yeah. One of my favorites was Grim Waters. If you're listening, find a drummer. I can't wait for them to come back. I want to play a show with them. You remember them? Yeah, yeah, I okay. do. Um, I think we played with them with Fools and Lovers once or twice. Mm-hmm. Very loud. Yeah. Kevin, did you go see shows? Um, when I was younger, not really. Um, but then once I got older, even like around the Fools and Lovers age, just kind of like getting into that scene and actually going out of my way to go to local shows too was really cool to kind of um, get introduced to the whole uh, local scene. Well, you mentioned um, Alex and, and Jess, you guys were seeing stuff at Reptile Palace. How did it feel to actually step on stage and play there for the first time with your own band? Was it kind of a weird feeling? It was a rush. It was it was awesome. I was pretty excited. Yeah. How, uh, how thick... Do you think the uh, the posters are on the wall there? <laughs> <laughs> At least two or three. Deep. You could excavate and go back, yeah, right. like probably <laughs> through the the years of the the Oshkosh music scene. But Oshkosh has other stuff too. Have you ever taken in uh, like the the shows at the Leech? I can't remember what it was. Water River Fest or Water Water, Fest? Water, Water Fest. Fest. Have you have you checked yeah. out shows there? Oh, yeah, been to plenty of shows there. Yeah, yeah. saw Joan Jett there That's a couple right. years ago. That was good. Um, I saw um, Manchester Orchestra around that time. I don't think I've actually ever been to Waterfest. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> That's messed up. My dad played there once. It was awesome. That's right. Yeah. What uh, What instrument does your dad play? He plays the drums. Oh, that's right. You mentioned kind of early on he said something. Yeah. But, yeah, he was in like a, a Rush tribute band that played there once, and they were, they were really good. Is your dad still still playing music? Um, not with like a group, but um, he wants to. He'll hop on Alex's set when yeah. we're not looking. <laughs> so if Alex ever got sick, would your dad step in <laughs> to uh, to to cover the kit during the smoke free home shows? I would love that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That's cool. And Jesse and Kevin, did your parents were they musicians or playing instrument? No, um, I feel like nobody in my family really plays music. I think my brother, when he was younger, he played guitar for a little bit, but he ended up giving it up. So yeah, I'm kind of like the only one. Um, nobody, nobody growing up. And I feel like, honestly, at least when I was younger, living with my mom, she, she didn't really even listen to a lot of music around the house. It was a real shame. But then I, I, I think I kind of slowly got her back into music. I made her mixtapes. <laughs> And, um, but no, it was, I mean, enjoying music and, and writing it was something that I completely had to develop for myself. This is the, the single you released called Yellow and Red. What, what does the, the, uh, muse behind Yellow and Red? Uh, that's just about anxiety. Um, it's about how you can make your home in it and how you get used to it and you kind of make it your own and, and make that your personality and and um, and how it is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways. Um, and it's hard to move forward, like stoplights, all your lights are yellow and red. And yeah, it's true. We uh, had a question here from a couple of questions. Uh, let's get to them. The first one's from Tracy L. What other hobbies do you enjoy outside of music? Mm, that's a good question. Movies. Like the movies. Lot, watch yeah. a lot of movies, and then we talk about it at practice. Yeah, yeah. love yeah. movies for for mm-hmm. sure. Like horror films too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to um, 
Crimes of the Future. Have you guys seen trailers for that? No. Nope. Cronenberg is going to be good. Oh. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I, I don't know. Well, he likes cooking. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love cooking. Yeah. That's, and that's I a hate cooking. One. That's like my hobby. <laughs> well, thanks for the question, Tracy. Yeah. Have you guys done any short tours or anything? Is that something on the horizon? We haven't. I wish we could say and, and talk about it, but no, we haven't. Um, that's something we definitely want to do. It's definitely doable. And we've been talking about it, but just with work and, and other summer plans. Yeah. Camping and stuff. That's another hobby. Oh, yeah. Camping. Yeah. Camping, yeah. Uh, Dakota Storm Morin, uh, she says that uh, Smoke Free Home is the best band ever. And And then as far as I think an add-on to the hobbies outside of music uh she said camping question mark yeah we'll do it again yeah we just recently went to the family's cabin nice uh so you enjoy camping yes yes <laughs> yeah it's um, it's 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 nice to get out and uh unplug and you know in, inhale some campfire smoke and uh, kayaking is something that I, I really enjoy with my girlfriend and I'm gonna I'm gonna drag you guys along one of these times. Yeah, yeah. Megan Jones. That's right. What would you say your band's? Oh man, a word that I have trouble saying. Aesthetic is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the hard word. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. What is our aesthetic? Um, I think we purposefully clash. Um, <laughs> Kevin insists on wearing uh, button-up long sleeves. <laughs> very fancy boy and and. Every show looks like a job interview. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> job. I love it. He's very, very buttoned up. What's your aesthetic, Alex? Oh. Mm. Horror movie merch? Yeah. Yeah? Pretty much that. Um, I don't know. I like to keep it traditional. He likes a Satori shirt with a cactus on it. <laughs> <laughs> I wore it like three times, and now everybody thinks it's the only shirt that I own. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's, I guess as far as artwork and our merch and stuff, it's very traditional, solid. I mean, I don't know. We don't do anything real crazy. I don't know. Black goes with everything, right? Thanks, Megan, for the question. We had a, a, another question from a Super Purple Cow. <laughs> Wants to know, uh, do you think the lyrics will ever be posted online? And they are, right? They are. Yes, yeah. they are. They're hidden. They're on Bandcamp. Um, I don't really know where else that we would we would post them, but but yeah, they're out there. Bandcamp is where it is definitively. It's it's important to me that they're that they're out there for people to find. Do you guys enjoy the the social media aspect of being in a band as far as posting? And I had Chestnut Grove on last week from um, the Pennsylvania area, and they hate it. I mean. Something you guys don't enjoy it's, either? It's an obligation. I, I, I don't actually enjoy yeah. it. I wish that we lived, you know, 40 years ago when we can just put posters up and, and have word of mouth. And if you come, you come. Buy our T-shirts. I, I, I don't like that we're obligated to do this. Alex is pretty good at it. I mean, like, as individuals, we're not really social media people no. anyways. Like, I mean... My favorite social media is like eBay, if that counts. I mean, it doesn't. I don't, I don't, we, none of us like post regularly, so it's like joining a band, starting a band, and yeah, it's kind of an obligation. You have to learn how to do it, so we're still learning. So, if somebody messages a smoke free home Facebook page, are they going to get Alex? I do the Facebook, either one, he of does us. the Instagram, right? yeah. But yes, we're, we're responsive and, and, and I keep up with it because you got to talk to the fans. But um, I wish I didn't have to. I prefer to talk to him at the shows. Yeah, don't talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you mentioned the, the anxiety and, you know, the kind of the, the reason that you wrote the lyrics to Yellow and Red. I'm fascinated that you chose to be a front man for a band with the anxiety. I mean, and is that, do you have any pre-show rituals to kind of help you get rid of that, that anxiety that you kind of do every, every night you perform? Yeah, um, Especially with out-of-town shows, I will have a bag of apple slices and some very strong coffee that I will work into my system. Maybe take a couple shots, and then I go up there, and I think I'm in the perfect perfect zone. But I think being able to harness that anxiety 
and, and and turn it into just raw energy on stage. I think that's really important, and that's that's how I function. That's how I do it. I suppose I'm not a very smiley guy on stage. I guess I I'll I'll, I'll mean mug the audience and. <laughs> And uh, the anxiety comes out in different ways, but it's been working so far. Seems to have a good response. Is your voice ever just destroyed after a set? You know, early on, but um, less and less. I, I, I find that I do write songs um, that will purposefully test me so that I can grow as an artist. And as far as like breath and being able to do harsher vocals longer and... Um, I'm surprising myself with how we're growing. There's songs that I struggled with, and now they're just part of the set, right? Is there a one show that you've done so far that you'd consider your favorite smoke-free home show so far? Boy. I mean, Halloween last year. Yeah, Halloween was, was really fun. A super fun show at the Reptile Palace. We did one at Misfits the next night, but yeah, that earlier that night, uh, Halloween. I had done two performances of uh, War of the Worlds for theater because I'm, I'm a thespian. You can ask about that later if you want. Um, but um, I had to leave that, go home and change, and pretty much rush right away to the Halloween show. And I was, I was just dead tired. But we squeezed it out, and holy cow, the reaction from the audience. It was, it was fantastic. Were you, were you dressed up? Yeah. What were you dressed up as? I don't remember. <laughs> we were we were the Droogs from Clockwork Orange. And I have never stressed so much and worked so hard on a jock strap. Oh yeah. Three of them. He was boiling them, making sure they were the right color. I was trying to dye them and, and bleach them and it was it was ridiculous, but it ended up pretty good. Yep. And um yeah, I love putting effort into costumes and and we're going to do it again this year. We're excited so. for next Halloween. Yeah, we're going to try and get into Reptile Palace. We will be playing Reptile Palace for Halloween 2022. Yeah, manifest it. I was right. talking <laughs> last night about so it. There. We'll yeah. see. Put it on your calendars. That's right. Uh, Dakota said uh, her favorite show was definitely Halloween, and the last house show was great, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Friday 13th. So it was That's right. Kind of fun because of that. We wanted luckiness. That was the release day. We wanted it to be memorable. Let's talk about the house shows because that was even something that uh, Brian and Sam mentioned from '94 Distortion. As far as the Oshkosh scene, are there more houses popping up that are doing shows? Mm, we only play at the one house show. I mean, in Oshkosh. I mean, there's like one in Nina that we play at a couple mm-hmm. times. As for Oshkosh, I don't really know of many. A couple in Nina. Yeah. yeah. Then with the Rad Pad in Appleton, but I don't oh, know yeah. if that was like a one-time thing. I don't no, know if they're still not. doing things they're doing. or not. <clears throat> I'm blown away by the people that show up in in Alex's basement. Well, it's an undisclosed location. Yes, I'm we, sorry. we don't know who's <laughs> basement. The, it could be anybody's basement. <laughs> <laughs> the fire hazard. But, man, uh, in the summer... It just I don't know if it's beer or sweat or, or condensation from the pipes, but the basement is wet afterwards, <laughs> it's nice. and it's it's fantastic. It's like a swamp down there afterwards. Yes, it's beautiful. We create an environment. Have you met a lot of a lot of uh, new friends through playing shows? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, Lunar Moth is has been very kind to us, and they brought us in a couple other shows they're going to get us in some places in madison they said they would but um no, call no, them out <laughs> they're they're very kind and yeah uh, good friends Let, met a lot of good people who are playing shows you guys played the lyric room recently didn't you or semi-recently a couple few months ago or something like that it was like january yeah how was that experience you know that's kind of a that was great cool place to play up in green bay yeah, it was a cool place. It was a nice yeah. high stage. Yeah, a very nice stage and, and good sound, too. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, we'll be back there in like a week and a half. Yeah, June 14th. Oh, that's right. What, that's weeks. with Cancer Slug? Cancer yeah. Slug out of, I don't know where they're from, I forget, but I've uh, been listening to them for a while, so that'll be a cool one. Absolutely. 
yeah, I feel like some of these shows, um, Alex just kind of weasels his way in there. That's one of your many talents, Alex, is just kind of <laughs> just kind of being like, hey, you need an opener? Just like <laughs> popping in their DMs. Yeah, it's worked a couple times now like pretty Cactus well. Club. Cactus Club, we played there with Radke. We had no business playing at Cactus Club with Radke. <laughs> but um, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. I think Radke's going to be at Mile of Music this year. That's right. Appleton. Yeah, super excited for that. Yeah. Too. Uh, we had a, another question from Tracy. Uh, what's the favorite What's your favorite band that you've opened for so far? I mean, well, I mean it'd be Raggy. That's me. an easy answer, yeah. 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 It's quite an experience. Otherwise, I mean, Shuby is is blowing up. And yeah. I think they're really cool. And um, I don't know, that was, that's a band that we're proud to open for. Yeah. So besides Shuby, are there other bands from the, the Ashkosh scene that are kind of bending your ear a little bit yeah i mean we like um the present age generation y is from the area mm-hmm. um and i guess some bands that aren't from the area um jazz core friction from janesville that's yeah. a, definitely a favorite they're playing more um, and more yeah and then yeah and then of course lunar moth from madison they're lunar they're moth, great yeah. mm-hmm there's probably more. We're so bad at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to forget a, a very important one and be like, Yep. On the drive home, we're going to kick ourselves. No. <laughs> we're sorry. We'll do, a, we'll do a voiceover later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question from uh, Patrick McShay. Saying that right? Yeah, uh, what pedal situation do you use to get that dope sound? <laughs> <laughs> that dope sound. Um... Honestly, the, the the majority of the sound is just coming from a um, ODB3 Boss distortion bass pedal. That's the main, and then I use a um, Electro Harmonics Pog2 um, for the. Uh, it's an octave pedal to kind of get the high end, um, and then just a, a splitting it too between the two amps is really essential to kind of get the higher ends from the from the guitar um, amp, and then all the low stuff from the bass amp. The result, um, the result is what's referred to professionally as a dope tone. <laughs> I, I think he was exactly. actually talking about the bass drum pedal, but <laughs> what he's talking about is cool too. But have, have you had any malfunctions with that setup? I have to, more than li- I'd like to admit. I mean, if it, it, if like you lost your like octave pedal or something, that would it, like really change the sound of the songs. That would be kind of interesting to play through. Yeah. I mean, I've had more issues with amps than than my pedal board. Usually, my pedal board has been been kind to me, but um, yeah, amp situation sometimes um, isn't the greatest. Like I, I blew a, ca- a bass cab once. Um, a show we played recently, my my uh, guitar head just stopped working. Um, and well, we played at Misfits once, and there's just power issues, mm, yeah, and yeah, it's just that like, was oh. fun. What do you do in that situation? Just Grin and right. proceed on. Yeah. <laughs> Try to calm down, take a we deep breath, and screaming. just figure it out. I never notice. Whenever there's any problems, unless like the monitors are out or something, I never notice. And I look over and like, what's wrong with Kevin's face? <laughs> it was fine. What happened? He's like, my mic stand is fine. Now. What, what's wrong? With yeah, my equipment is functioning. And Alex, you, you haven't had any uh, well, drum malfunctions? Know, drum malfunctions, no. Um, we did do a show once where I was playing the bass, we had swapped, and then, um, I was like, something doesn't sound right, and I go over to Kevin, I'm like, something doesn't sound right, and he's like, I don't know what to tell you right now, I was like, we're in the middle of it, <laughs> and then, like, we switch back over, and he's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> unplugged, like, half of it is unplugged, so, like, it's only going through one amp, so it, was, it didn't sound right, and I was like, that'd be it, because I, I don't know as much of what's going on on that thing that he does, so... Were it's, you? Were it's you? all magic. I have no idea what any of it. <laughs> no. Alex, were you worried that Kevin was going to blame it on you and make you pay for the, <laughs> the damages? Nah. Uh, Megan says I, I can confirm it was ridiculous. I'm not sure what part of the conversation. Maybe but the Halloween show. That could be. I don't know. Yeah, she had fun. That's my girlfriend. How long have you been dating? few years are you obligated to ask that no i'm just asking uh, he doesn't know <laughs> so years. what can you can you give us a few of the lyrics that are going to be in the the ballad oh gosh yes <laughs> um, write them down and pass them to 
<laughs> well, I don't want to put you on the spot if you can't think think of them off the top uh, of your head. They're they're pretty simple. Um, it's it's just it's very personal. Um, like there's music if you listen. Uh, dance circles in the kitchen. And uh, who doesn't dance with their significant other in the kitchen? If you don't, then you're. Did, they get a divorce, <laughs> <laughs> or they cook maybe. Did uh, did Megan have to uh, make any edits to the song? Did you? No, not, <laughs> not that personal. No, she didn't know about it. I like I like to keep my secrets until they're ready. What's the the hardest part of being in a band? Um, it, it sometimes for me it's the late nights. I, I know that sounds weak. And it's always worth it, even if I get just a couple hours of sleep before work. It's it's always worth it. But uh, sometimes those long drives and the late nights, yeah. Yeah, I kind of have to agree. Like long weekends, usually I'm 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 a chef in a restaurant at uh in Oshkosh. And Say the name. Gardinas in in Oshkosh. Eat at Gardinas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, sometimes the uh, the weekends can be real real long. Um, yeah, just balancing work, work life and music life can mm-hmm. be pretty tough. So, yeah. Well, if there's one thing that you're proud of in the band, what are you the most proud of? These boys, these two <laughs> beautiful boys. Um, um, I'm proud of how we've we've come so far, and, and we've we've released a couple of things very quickly I think and we're competent musicians we haven't really had a whole lot of failings or problems and um, just real wood and <laughs> veneer I think yeah. um, but we are genuine and I haven't had a moment yet where I get home afterwards and I'm laying in bed and I'm like well, that was weird and fake you know I'm, I'm, I've, we've been able to build something that's that's real and genuine, and I'm proud of myself, and I'm proud of you. We'll work on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for doing the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. The yeah, latest latest album is Nervous Strut. I suggest everybody go check it out. It's all over the place. You can find it on Bandcamp, Spotify. You guys have physical copies available as well. Absolutely, we have so many boatloads. We come, <laughs> come by them. Yeah. Good. Thanks again, guys. You've been watching Smoke Free Home on WCZR's Fox City's Core here on, w- on Code Zero Radio.